0: Uh, helpful little pictures. Uh, Oh,
1: so we won't get the bit where it's you hit the wrong one like three times?
0: Right, exactly. Uh, But something weird happens where... And I don't... I genuinely don't know how this happened. It was like a ghost in the machine where... I put my headphones on to start, like, doing, like, setting up today, and as soon as I put them on, it was in the middle of doing Did It All For The Moogle, and mm-hmm. I don't know how that happened, or if I, like, had a
1: weird hallucination that it was in the middle of doing Did It All For The Moogle. Well, that's like your, that's your intro music. When you sit down to start, to start working on something you, that just automatically plays in the background to, to pump I you guess up.
0: so. But I don't know because I had tested, I tested that, that the buttons were working with the David Lynch one, mm-hmm. so, but, so then I went to go put on the headphones and then it was playing Did It Off in the Moogle.
1: Now, every time you enter a room, it's just going to just like appear out of nowhere. I guess, yeah, start playing. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm like a wrestler or something. And that's like, <laughs> it's like, um, Phoebe Bridgers at Coachella, her, her new intro song is Down with the Sickness. That's very good. It's, it that's is very, very good. good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, anyway, Hey, what's up? This is the Denner road show? It was in fifty one. The start of a new era. I got buttons. My headphones work. Things are things are looking up. Um, I was
1: gonna. I was gonna. Speaking of the the episode number, um, mm-hmm. you ever considered doing seasons? Uh, yeah. We, we
0: technically have the ability to do so. Like mm-hmm. I could split it into seasons. Um, I don't know what it looks like on the user end, um, but I technically can do seasons, like if we want to consider this the start of season two or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I
1: don't really know what purpose it would serve, but I just, I thought, you know, because some podcasts do that, right? They split up into seasons. Although usually those, they either are covering like a certain topic mm-hmm. for a season, then they switch over to something else or like they take a break, right? But we're yeah. not, we would just be just doing the same thing that we always do, so. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, so I could I could check the box. It says like season season two. Like I could, do, if you wanted do to, if you wanted to, <laughs> I could try. I don't I don't know if it's gonna change anything. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to see. Um, but yeah, I
1: wonder if there's like, uh, stats for, um, I, I mean, it, I guess it depends. There's all sorts of variables, but like whether having multiple seasons or just having like, uh, just like never ending, just like episode numbers, whether that changes like listenership, like wh- whether one's better than the other.
0: Right. I have no idea. Cause like, it, it might be intimidating if somebody sees like there's, oh, these, there's like, you know, 400 episodes of something. It's like, yeah. well, why would I start? Why would I start at episode, you know, 682? Exactly. Um, even though I, I, think this is a show where you can just listen to any of the fucking episodes.
1: And yeah. Cause on the other, on the other <laughs> hand, it's like, oh, do I have to listen to season one in order to, right. to understand season two? Right. So yeah, we, we don't,
0: we don't really have a narrative through line uh, that you have to keep up with, I would say. Um, so yeah, that is, that is a possibility. Um, did you see this? So you didn't see this USFL th- shit? No. Okay. So, so. There's this, the USFL spring, spring football. Uh, I don't really know the circumstances around the league. This isn't the Vince McMahon League, is it? No, that's the XFL, which is apparently still happening. It's, it's coming. It's coming someday. It's not, it's not money laundering. It's definitely going to happen.
1: Are there like, is that the one with like eight teams?
0: I don't know how many teams there are, to be honest with you. I really don't. I really don't. I don't know any of the players. I don't really know the circumstances. I know that they're all being played in, uh, I think it's Georgia or something. I'm getting, I'm getting a lot of this info from my dad because my dad has decided
1: to watch this because. Do we think this league is more or less racist than the NFL?
0: Um, well, I think this story might. Uh oh. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Um. I think this is like going to be one. It's like they're trying to be like this league where it's like, no, we're doing we're doing real football, you know, like we're going to we're going to.
1: What does that even mean? Like this
0: is this is work. You got to put the work in and you got to put the work out, you know, like that kind of bullshit.
1: As as, as if the other professional football players don't work out. Like, what is that even?
0: Right. But like that, like just that kind of bullshit, you know, like that football talk where they just kind of keep saying football and like hard nosed nonsense is this sort
1: of like the equivalent of like what we were talking about the other week with hockey and how people have this like old-fashioned mindset where they just want to see like fights and stuff and and just like
0: yeah i think so yeah so the one thing because i i sat and watched like maybe five minutes of gameplay that my dad had on um and so all the games are being played in one one stadium and calling it a stadium is being very generous it looks like a high school field um and I don't know if they sold tick, like if they're selling tickets or if uh, the attendance was just really embarrassing because it was, uh, the stands were empty, like completely empty. Um, so they might just not be selling tickets, which seems uh, probably like a bad move for revenue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and... <laughs> <laughs> so so they've decided to uh, mic up uh, literally everyone on okay. the field. interesting and then also place mics like uh, on the sidelines. So you're hearing everything, like absolutely everything, like the crunch of the pads and all this shit. And so whenever there was a play going on, I thought somebody was uh, popping uh, bubble wrap like by a microphone before I knew that everybody was mic'd up Um, because it's just it's just it's just a chaotic mess of noise. So what they're doing is they have everybody mic'd up, but they don't have a producer saying like, "Okay, uh, we should have like this guy's mic turned on right now. Like there's nobody directing like what should be heard and what shouldn't be heard, depending on what might be interesting at a given moment. So it's literally everything is turned on all the time.
1: So what we know so far, no fans, no producers.
0: Yeah. Okay. And so it just, it just sounds like a zoo. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you could also hear the play calling, um, which might be kind of interesting, but then you could also hear players talking on the sidelines and you don't know the context for what anything that they're saying. And so it just kind of sounds like crazy people like talking on the street. Like this guy was just like, oh, get out of his face, man! Leave him alone! Leave him alone! You don't, you don't even like just walk away! Like all this kinds of shit. Like like it sounded like people were fighting, mm-hmm. but like the camera is not like focused on what what was going on there. So like it just it just sounded like you're out on the street and like you just hear people talk. Like it was like it was like the noise of a city. Like it it was, it was chaos. I couldn't I couldn't. Is this like it was like system overload? Is this ESPN? I have I I think it was like CBS or some shit. Okay. Um. Or it's like being simulcast. I think it's like on like multiple networks at once or something. Uh, and so there's 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 a handful of teams, uh, and one of the teams is the Pittsburgh Maulers. Oh, um, and they made headlines before they had played a game. Uh, That's never because good. they no, it's not because they uh, cut a player, and it turns out he was like gonna be their star. I think running back. <laughs> okay. Um, and the. So they, they don't like consider him cut. They considered him fired, which is an interesting uh, dichotomy for sports. Um, and the reasoning was because, uh, he wanted to eat pizza instead
1: of chicken salad. Um, huh. I mean, I feel like nine out of 10 people were making that choice.
0: You would think, um, so yeah, so they cut, uh, running back Davion Smith, um, oh, this was after their 17-3 loss in the USFL opener, um, and so they also, the problem was, was that the league released, uh, sort of a Hard Knocks-esque documentary about, like, the opening bit of this league, and so this part was covered in the documentary, so his firing is on tape. Mm-hmm. Um and we've got the clip. <laughs>
1: oh no. <laughs> uh which so like before we even play it this this mm-hmm. itself having this part of the documentary seems a bit unprofessional. No.
0: It's not a very good look.
1: Yeah, like it's what? Not a very good look. Firing somebody on on camera.
0: Yeah, and and you you generally don't need the visual for this. It's literally the coach and maybe the general manager, and then also some other guy in a hoodie. I can't tell if he's a player or maybe another coach, uh, talking to the player about um, the quote unquote incident where he uh, didn't uh, want to eat chicken salad for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's the setup.
2: John Peterson, personnel director. Man. What's up, man? Coach. Good morning, man. Well, he crossed the line, so we had to deal with it. This is very difficult for me as a head coach. My first time. But we have a business. Okay, this is a business and you're a businessman. We all are. That's our sure. nature of the beast right now. But uh, when I first talked to you guys on March 22nd, I had a handbook. I covered some items that were very important to me. Line 46 addresses that. Any disrespect of football or members, staff, USFL, hotel, et cetera, would not be tolerated. And it's been brought to my attention that has occurred with you. So unfortunately, unfortunately, hear me out. Unfortunately, with the cost of doing business, I'm gonna have to let you go. Okay. I didn't think I did anything or said anything disrespectful. I, I can tell you what happened exactly. It's not important. Right. It's not I don't know. It's already happened. Right. It's already happened. I didn't say anything disrespectful. He said, is that going to be a problem? I said, yes. I said, and I walked away. I mean, I didn't think that was disrespectful. Me saying yes, I don't eat chicken salad. And I was like, is there another option? Walked in with pizza. And I was like, can I get a slice of pizza? He said, no. I was like, he said, is that going to be a problem? I said, yes. That's so all I said. I didn't say no cuss word, no nothing. So all I said, I promise you, no disrespect on my dad's life. I promise you I didn't say nothing disrespectful besides yes. And, and I appreciate you sharing that, but the matters, it's done. It's done. <sighs> I appreciate you being sharing that, but good luck. Someone's feelings hurt feelings are a distant second to the greater good of the team. And we've moved on and turned that page, and I'm happy we did it. That's incredible.
0: It's something else. Uh, he's happy he did it, the head coach. Uh, he's happy he fired the man because uh, he wanted a slice of pizza. Um, and so everybody was like, well what the f- what, what what the fuck? like this is how you're gonna run this like new operation. Um, well,
1: well, my my first reaction there is like there has to be more to this story, but then also there probably isn't, right? Like, uh, I'm talking about the the pizza chicken salad story. Like there has to be something else, right? To according
0: that. A, according to the player, he's like, hey, like I didn't, I didn't, I don't feel like I disrespected anybody. I didn't curse at anybody. I just mm-hmm. he asked if it was going to be a problem. I said yes. Um, And so after this kind of blew up, the Pittsburgh Maulers uh, released a statement um, uh, on Davion Smith being cut from the team on United by Football, which was the name of the documentary. Um, On the first episode of United by Football, the weekly USFL all-access docuseries on Fox, Davion Smith was shown on camera being cut from our team by Coach Kirby Wilson. The show captures hundreds of hours of film with the intent of providing transparency to fans. But unfortunately, much of the context was left out in this moment. Mm -hmm. Smith had violated three team rules in a 24-hour span, and this particular incident disrespected a cafeteria worker, which wasn't captured on camera. Smith has subsequently reached out directly to Coach Wilson to apologize and asked to be reinstated to the Mauler's roster. Uh, Which is an interesting way to end
1: the uh, statement. So they have hundreds Um, of hours of footage, but but not the most crucial footage, which is the actual um, incident here.
0: Not the incident or the uh, other two uh, infractions violations Mm -hmm. or talking about the other two team infractions that he committed. Right. And instead only showed footage of him being fired over the pizza thing. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> and you know what if that's what you're choosing to show then that is what the public is going to judge you right. based off of um right so yeah absolute joke of a of an organization here yeah um and uh as it turns out um
0: the pittsburgh maulers are uh, also very bad in this uh i don't even know what you would call this league uh amateur football i don't know what it uh, I,
1: um I would call it real football.
0: It's it's the realest football. But uh so in the foot in the, in the five minutes of gameplay I was watching, uh the the commentators were like, Yeah, the, the Maulers don't really have much of a running game. Um <laughs>
1: Wait, was was Davion Smith the running back?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh and also they had zero passing game because they had already swapped out their quarterback. Um and this was in the second quarter I was watching. Um, and it's the guy that they swapped in was like one for six. Ooh. Uh <laughs> so
1: that's like New York Jets uh, numbers there. Yeah, so they're not very good. Is it possible that the Maulers have a chicken salad sponsorship of some sort?
0: You know, maybe. Uh yeah, I just don't get the whole so like the whole team had to eat uh chicken salad. I don't I don't I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> Uh, uh, These are life lessons. They have nothing to do with football. You're trying to teach people how to respect other people, no matter how you see or view them. Yet immediately reached back out, apologized, committed to trying to be a better man, better person from the incident. But we have already moved on. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so it, it was so strange, the interaction, too, because it's like you're not even letting this guy sort of tell his side of the, the story here. You're just like, it's it's over the, we've already made a no. decision and there's nothing you can say to change it.
0: Right. This was this was almost like some kind of like, uh like, you know, like a prison thing where it's like you got to go in there first day, beat up the toughest guy. That old, you know, cliche. Is that... where it's like, <laughs> OK, where it's like we have to fire somebody immediately to show that we're, we like we mean business. And it turned out that like the first time somebody had quote unquote slipped up was over some kind of food related like trumped up charges. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they cut him <laughs> for this to show that like just show the rest of the team that they were, you know, they meant business, but <laughs> it makes it look like a joke. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so that's the that's the USFL. Um <laughs> uh I do have um Another little deep dive that I wanted to get into here um, and you might not have seen this story so uh, there is a, a a romance author that is uh, currently on trial for murdering her husband mm-hmm. um,
1: happens from so, time to time
0: yeah so uh, Nancy Crampton Brophy uh, is, is a, a romance author uh, who uh, allegedly murdered her husband in uh, 2018. Um, her husband was a, uh, chef and instructor. Um, and This he doesn't have anything
1: sh- to do with chicken salad now, does it?
0: Uh, as far as I'm aware, it doesn't. Okay. Um, uh, he had been shot inside a classroom, uh, that was like sort of, uh, adjacent to a garage that had an open door. Um, and police originally thought this was like some sort of failed robbery where he had been shot. Um, and so now this case is going to trial. She was, she was arrested, uh, several months after the incident. Um, and prosecutors are saying that she murdered him, uh, for the life insurance money. Um, and so, uh, prosecutors also believe it now wasn't a robbery because, uh, he had cash on him when he died. Um, and like all his possessions were there. So like there was nothing missing from him. Um, and what makes this, uh, especially interesting is that, um, what's, what's her first name again? Nancy. um Nancy Compton not cramped, Crampton Brophy sorry she's that's a very it's a very it's a very uh like romance authory name she has a, she has a good name for a sort of um like old school romance authory name I'll take your word for per- that Yeah she had purchased a uh, a ghost gun assembly kit and uh From what I understand, she was unable to actually uh, assemble it herself because she didn't know the have the technical know-how.
1: What is a ghost gun?
0: So this is apparently parts to a gun that you can purchase, um, like either online or like at at, at a gun show, um, and assemble yourself. Um, And the defense is claiming that she had purchased it as uh, research, Um, and I think it's considered a ghost gun because it's like it's harder to trace because it's like you're buying the disparate parts of a gun and then assembling it yourself
1: oh i see um it sounds like that didn't work in this particular case
0: uh no so because she also bought a uh, another gun at a gun show and uh the prosecution is saying that she swapped out uh a different part in that gun which she then used in the murder uh, in order to make it harder to trace, uh, like like forensically trace the um like the bullet, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like she she replaced the barrel of this nine millimeter gun and uh with with the ghost parts uh in order to make it harder to trace.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and what's interesting is that uh, Crampton Brophy wrote an essay uh, a number of years back entitled "How to Murder Your Husband." Oh, um, which. I have here. Okay, of course.
1: <laughs> are we going to have a reading?
0: We are. Uh, this was not uh, easy to find, though it was linked in the article. Um, I couldn't access it. It's 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 from an archive, but I couldn't access it without turning on a VPN, which was quite interesting. Hmm. Um, like it wouldn't resolve properly because of the uh, old SSL certificate that the site was using. So I had to turn on a VPN in order to get access to this archive.
1: Also, it's now um, used as as evidence in a in a criminal case. So
0: I suppose so, um, because this was originally published on a a WordPress site called See Jane Publish uh, with a subtitled uh, heading here: uh, "Friends Embarking on a Creative Journey." Um, and so, yeah, this is "How to Murder Your Husband" by Nancy Brophy. Um, As a romantic suspense writer, I spend a lot of time thinking about murder and, consequently, about police procedure. After all, if the murder is supposed to set me free, I certainly don't want to spend any time in jail. And let me say clearly for the record, I don't like jumpsuits and orange isn't my color. Motives. One, financial, and in parentheses, this is big. Divorce is expensive, and do you really want to split your possessions? Or if you married for money, aren't you entitled to all of it? The drawback is the police aren't stupid. They are looking at you first. So you have to be organized, ruthless, and very clever. Husbands have disappeared from cruise ships before. Why not yours? 2. Lying, cheating bastard. Deception of any sort. This is a crime of passion. In anger, you bash his head in or stab him with a kitchen knife. Most of the time, there is a trail that leads directly to you. Each type of murder leaves clues. A crime of passion does not look like a stranger was involved. And who is left to clean the blood from your carpeting? Three, fell in love with someone else. Usually financial is also involved here. Let's say your church frowns on divorce. You need to be a widow so you won't fall out of favor with your religion. (laughs) At this point, I should mention that it helps if you aren't too burdened by the Ten Commandments. Four, abuser. This one is tough. Anyone can claim abuse. Okay, all right. What is abuse? To a teenager, it might look different than to a spouse. As a motivation... This reason usually comes up after you've been arrested. Not a lot of abused wives dial 911 upon burning down the house with their husband in it. Five, it's your profession. Now we're talking. You already possess both skill and knowledge. You have the moral ambiguity necessary to carry it off. Quick hit and you fade from the scene. Get your payment up front from someone else because life insurance probably won't send a check. That's an interesting line. Uh, Options to consider. Oh, there's more. Okay. Oh, yeah uh guns loud messy requires some skill if it takes 10 shots for the sucker to die either you have terrible aim or he's on drugs knives really personal and up close blood everywhere ew garrot how much upper body strength is it required to strangle a person random heavy piece of equipment usually this involves hitting someone hard with the baseball bat or the pipe wrench you just happen to have in your hand poison considered a woman's weapon arsenic is easy to obtain worse easy to trace it takes a month or two to kill someone Plus, they are sick the entire time. wants to hang out with a sick husband? Knowledge of pharmaceuticals will be handy. Availability will be even better. A word of caution. Watch out for poisons found in nature. They are not a sure thing. Too little? Too much? Your mother always told you to marry a doctor. Now you know why. Hiring a hitman. Do you know a hitman? Neither do I. (laughs) And an amazing number of hitmen rat you out to the police or blackmail you later. Hiring a lover. Never a good idea. The husband dies and the wife gets the money. The lover doesn't always win in this scenario. Sometimes he, too, finds himself facing a loaded gun. I find it is easier to wish people dead than to actually kill them. I don't want to worry about blood and brains splattered on my walls. And really, I'm not good at remembering lies. But the thing I know about murder is that every one of us have it in him slash her when pushed far enough. What constitutes a good romantic suspense in the wise? What happened that forced a person into this situation? How will they justify this action? By the way, he needed he needed killing is not a legal defense. Can they keep a secret? A confidence whispered in the dark is no longer a secret. What if killing didn't produce the right results? Will they do it again? Could they do it again? What if they liked it? Whoa, there's an idea for a new story.
1: <laughs> the, the investigators like, you know, interrogating. <laughs> This person and then she's like, he he needed killing.
0: He needed killing.
1: Um. So this is an interesting article. Um. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of detail here, and it's 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 pretty well written, uh, if I do say so. Um. I think the issue and and the reason that this this um this piece didn't really take off when it was first written is that like wh- like you know where's her credibility, right? Like mm-hmm. he, they always say, write what you know, and mm-hmm. if you're writing mm-hmm. like a, a an essay or you know a how-to, you should have some expert expertise on on the subject matter right um, so i think that's what was initially missing from this story mm-hmm. um, but you know i think now after everything we now, know after everything we know i think uh i think this this story is is uh a lot more valuable mm-hmm.
0: um there are some comments on the piece okay <laughs> uh some of them are concerning uh I th- but on the whole i just think this is a bunch of ladies having some fun um this one, uh, really, who doesn't ha- who hasn't had the stray thought about murdering a spouse or lover? It's not the big things like cheating or abusing. For me, it's all the little things. Every time he leaves the toilet seat up, when he drinks too much and thinks he's cute grabbing your ass or boobs in public. Classic. When he thinks he's when he thinks he's <laughs> oh so clever for throwing you off the raft into the cold water. When the swearing coming from the office gets so loud you can't possibly read your romance novel and get carried away not that my DH does any of this no he's way too scared that I'll actually carry out my threat of killing him smiley face
1: so he's yelling at me so much he's preventing me from reading my my Nancy Crampton note
0: but it's not the abusing it's not like it's not like the abuse uh, but it's things like whenever he grabs my ass in public uh, or whenever he throws me into the river. Uh, or whatever he's really drunk and loud and loud and swears uh a lot around the house.
1: It's like every other every other weekend he's throwing me into the river. You know, every time it's, we... not,
0: but it, but it's not the abuse. No, no. Uh this next one says I'm calling Dan to make sure he's alright, which is uh incredibly prescient, uh twelve years later because this was published in twenty eleven.
1: Oh, is um is, is Dan the
0: Dan is his uh is her husband. Oh no. Uh, well former former husband, uh Man, it's uh, th- <laughs> dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one. I love the picture of the women with the knife behind her back. I always thought I'd be a knife girl. I love how your mind works, lady. If I ever need to ca- uh, camouflage motive, I'm coming straight to you. Smiley face. There's a lot of smiley faces. Uh, oh, my gosh, Nancy. I just love your mind. You're so wickedly ornery. I think this should be your next book, Smiley Face.
1: I mean, I like that this comment section is is a safe space, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a way to get your ideas out there and sort of yeah, have some yeah. camaraderie with your fellow um, yeah. uh, peers.
0: You know, it's about building a community, mm-hmm. you know? Um, did you... Did you- <laughs> Did you, did you watch the Batman?
1: Um, well, I, I started to last night. I had the intention to, Uh um, and then I, I looked at that runtime. Sure. Okay. Well, a a nice three hours. And then I, I started up the the film. I I was like 10 minutes Mm -hmm. in and I, he, he, you know, he's doing his, his, his low Batman voice, the voiceover. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I am the shadow. And I'm just like, I, I, I don't know if I can do this.
0: Okay. Well, anyway.
1: Um, so, so yeah, the long, uh, long, long story short there. I didn't, I didn't. Uh, what does, what does that have to do with, with the story? Uh, well,
0: uh, he, I guess he didn't get there, so it, it doesn't really matter. But uh, bu- building a community of like-minded um, individuals that uh, want to commit the same crimes that you do <laughs> is what I'm getting at. Oh, okay. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, and then this last comment here, uh, a few years back, I was reading a book about poisons and then I had a book called How to Murder Your Mother-in-Law. Which was fiction, by the way. My husband walked on eggshells for months afterwards. LOL. I love, love, love writing a mystery where I get to virtually kill my enemies. And then it's a colon, capital D kind of face. Uh, so, yeah, just a bunch of ladies uh, having fun, shooting the shit, shooting their husbands. It's it's a, it's a good time. Do you
1: think um, um, and, and the <laughs> the the prospect of, of jail time might um, make this a little bit difficult. But do, do you think we should expect a sequel essay from uh... I, th-
0: I think it depends on if she gets paper uh, in prison, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, if they if they give her paper Um yeah because it seems it seems like she did it just based just based on the fact that she did this shit with guns and like and the life insurance thing that's like the big that's the biggest giveaway is the life insurance thing.
1: So does purchasing life insurance actually put yourself more at risk? Uh, I think so. So uh,
0: they apparently were having um some money problems. They only had a few thousand dollars like in their shared bank accounts. um uh, her her writing career had uh Stalled in recent years, Um, so yeah, I think I think there was something about they were potentially losing their house, so they were they seem to be having some money problems, and she was going to where's the where's the thing about how much she was going to gain with the life insurance? Um, Let's see where'd it go? I think it was something like seven hundred thousand. Yeah, so then that's probably worth it. it. Um, Yeah, so. Uh, And at the same time, like uh, as 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 a writer, like your search history is always going to look pretty fucked up. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there's always the 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 cliche of like writers always looking up like uh, does acid actually, you know, destroy a body like things like that. Can you imagine Um, the
1: search history of Otessa (laughs) Moshpeg?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Like um, all the research
0: so yeah, but it's like how many authors are actually buying um, gun parts and then swapping out the barrels of you know functioning pistols? Um, so
1: you know, well, she was a han- She's a hands-on learner. You know, she she needs the sort of uh, you know she needs to uh, do a real deep dive into her uh, t- uh, subject matter.
0: Yeah, I just like how the defense is like. Well, she bought it, but she didn't have the technical know-how to assemble the gun. But then she was able to swap out the barrel and the other gun.
1: (laughs) And she'd also written a step-by-step essay on how to commit murder.
0: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, seems like she's going away for a little bit. Um, Yeah. 27 years of marriage. Just like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. Um, uh, I think we have a movie to talk about.
1: We do have a movie to talk about, but before that, did you have anything to say about the Batman? Because I don't think I don't think it's going to happen for me. So you might as well just like speak freely um, if if you want to talk about it. Um,
0: sure. Uh, let me just quickly hit a button. That's beautiful cinema. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I I I enjoyed uh, the Pattinson uh, Batman. Uh, Battenson. Battenson. Yeah. Which which is
1: better, Battenson or Patman?
0: Hmm. I think they both kind of blow to be honest.
1: Oh, all right. (laughs) Well, we can move on. Continue. (laughs)
0: Um, yeah, uh, I, I do think the length was a bit of an issue. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot could have been trimmed from it. Um, but I, I did enjoy this interpretation of the sort of, uh, and this adaptation, It, it was kind of an adaptation of, uh, long Halloween ish slash year zero like starting like at the beginning of year zero i did, year, i did year, get what the long called.
1: halloween from watching the first 15 minutes
0: <laughs> yeah they kind of they kind of do it they just kind of just the fact that it starts on halloween mm-hmm. um uh it was just kind of uh a good way to like the movie is more of a crime thriller than most other Batman movies have been. Like even the Nolan stuff, um, which I appreciated, uh, and you just just the way that you could see like the crime element operating in this city, like the way all these different characters and factions are interacting.
1: Um, so is this more and, like um, this is more like Detective Comics rather than like mainline Batman? Uh
0: yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Even though Detective Comics, uh, I guess in the last, I don't know, fifteen years, has always been more Bat Family stuff. Oh, than, that that
1: is true. Yeah, uh, like
0: actual Detective stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I know I do know what you mean. Um, I I also just appreciated how it shows like the complete uselessness and stupidity of the police. Um, <laughs> yeah, especially, especially in a world where you have, uh, a, a, a serial killer that's just leaving riddles for the Batman. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck, are, what the fuck are the police going to do? And then especially whenever they're, uh, corrupt as shit. Um, so yeah, I, I appreciated a lot of that. Um, I feel like it sort of trails off at the end. Like it, uh, it it kind of comes away as like like it shows that these systems are are busted and wrong. Um, but then it sort of does the superhero thing where it's like like it. it, it throughout, it shows like the Riddler like has such a great point. Like his motive is is so strong as a villain, um, but then it's like, oh no no no, no. this this is that that's too, that's too far, that's too far, and um, so then we need to put our faith back into the institutions anyway, mm-hmm. um, which I have a problem with. Like it, it it's not it's not a proper solution, um, and so I would I would be very curious to see where uh, another one goes. Um, yeah, that's about it. I I, I really. It, like i i appreciated how they sort of um approach the um like white terror aspect of it though that i thought that was handled really well and how these like fringe communities can just develop online um like basically under everybody's nose um
1: oh so it's it's sounds like it's tuned into what like domestic terrorism looks like in yeah. america currently right mm-hmm.
0: yeah so i thought that was handled pretty well that's cool um I just think that it's it's solutions to anything or not like like it, it it was this was very much not a superhero movie until the last fifteen minutes
1: where it turns into a superhero movie, mm. um,
0: which was kind of a bummer
1: because um, yeah, that just on that whole, just undermines everything they had built up to that point, doesn't it? Yeah, um,
0: and it's not a superhero movie in the way where it's like um like rah rah save the day, but it's just more like well we have to put our faith back into these same institutions that caused all this in the first place. Right. Right. Um, so that is what I just mostly have a problem
1: with. Yeah. That's sort of like the mentality of like, well, you know, this stuff is broken, but it's the best we've got. So why not look, you know, why look to change it? Cause, and that, that's like, that's the mentality that really gets in the way of like in the real world of like any actual change. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. And like, Some of the best Batman stories were, uh, like cataclysm and, um, Zero Year kind of touched on this a little bit, but, uh, like cataclysm where Gotham is shut off from the world completely and the city is fucking destroyed and there are no institutions left. The police don't exist anymore. The government doesn't exist anymore. Um, and the city is carved up into a bunch of gangland territories And all you have left are, like, people working together. Like, Batman is not working for the cops anymore. Like, he's on his own. He can't even really communicate with the rest of the Bat family. Um, and you just have to do, like, small-scale operations in order to work with people, like, in general. Um, and, like, those are some of the best Batman stories. Um... And if they had, like, maybe you can get that in, like, the way they set up the ending of this, but I, I don't really see that happening, like, especially, like, in the, in the, the closing, like, sort of, uh, narration, it's like, well, the National Guard's coming. It's like, ah, that's not,
1: mm-hmm. that's
0: not gonna help, that's
1: not gonna help. No. <laughs>
0: that's not <is> gonna help. <laughs> Although you describing
1: Cataclysm makes me want to read Cataclysm, sounds
0: Cataclysm's, good. Cataclysm, Cataclysm is so good. It's long, but it's, like, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, it, I, I have some problems with it, just, like, philosophically, but I, I did enjoy it for the most part. Um, and it was also, like, on a technical level, it just also nice to watch a... Uh, like an action oriented movie where the sound was balanced properly.
1: Oh, that's good. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Where it's like, Oh, Hey, I could actually hear the dialogue over explosions and shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the explosions are not like louder than like literally everything else. Like it was actually balanced properly. It's like, we
1: know, we know you're watching this at home on your TV, but we've still mixed it for a movie theater anyway.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I really appreciated that. I did not have to constantly grab my remote and put the volume up and down depending on what was going on in the scene.
1: That's what was I found so funny about. Um, I haven't seen uh, Tenant, the, the the latest Christopher Nolan. Um, He's the worst with that shit. Yeah, because it, it's so funny because he had that whole crusade about how this movie needs to be seen in theaters, right? Back when the pandemic mm-hmm. first was was uh, beginning, and then when it finally did come out, there were people complaining that they couldn't understand the dialogue at like at all in the theater.
0: <laughs> so. That was was the same thing with the dark knight which is why they did the bizarre bane voice mm-hmm. so you could hear it over everything mm-hmm. so yeah he's he no he, Nolan does not know how to do sound like for for an actual like person in the audience like maybe it works for him like he can hear shit
1: yeah this <laughs> doesn't
0: work for the average person so bizarre mm-hmm. but yeah anyway I, I think it's worth a watch but um i, I do think they could have easily chopped out
1: I don't know. I think I'm at a point with like Marvel and DC where I'm like, I just am losing like interest in, in all of it.
0: Oh yeah. Me too. I, you know, I did not, you know, rush to see this but I was like, Oh, Hey, it's finally accessible.
1: Yeah. I mean, you've read a lot more Batman than I have. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really, the only thing I can think of that I'm somewhat interested in that's coming out is the Miss Marvel uh, TV series. And, and that's mainly because it takes place in, in New Jersey. Mm. Um, But outside of that, like I've, I've kind of had enough. Yeah. But yeah, so we do have, uh... (laughs) We do have a movie for this week. Um, as advertised, we're, we're, we're talking about The Souvenir Part 2. If you missed it, we had a conversation about um, The Souvenir last week. Um, I, I, a movie that I love very much and you uh, kind of struggled with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very curious to hear what you have to say about Part 2 because as I was watching it, like I, I was like feeling like the movie was almost addressing our conversation directly um, in, in part because it was it was very self-aware of like some of the reactions to the first movie because I I do think that your problems with it um fell in line with like the the larger like criticism of the movie which is just not really understanding the the core relationship Mm -hmm. um and this movie like addressed that directly yeah which I thought was was brilliant but um so so what did you think about about this one
0: uh it was a lot better Uh (laughs) uh-huh okay uh Mostly because what's his face wasn't in it until the very end, uh-huh. uh, where I did unfortunately roll my eyes. Oh, uh, okay, when I when I heard his voiceover. Um, <laughs> but that I was like, oh god! But that that um,
1: like that whole sequence was something else, though. That sort of yeah. like surreal dream slash theater thing that was going on.
0: Yeah, um, almost
1: reminded me in parts of like Lynch.
0: Yeah, I, d- I did want to avoid the comparison.
1: No, because. but it's it's right there. Um and like I don't know, like th- there was something to that. I just thought it was so good. But anyway, anyway, so yeah, what 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 was your what did you think about this like as a whole?
0: Um yeah, I, I did I, I did appreciate the fact that it addressed like head-on uh although without providing any answers, which was basically the point. Uh like like how this relationship didn't make any sense and like what was what was in it for her? And you know, um, sort of, sort of the sort of the things that we talked about last week. Because uh, there, there are some characters like the characters that are meant to be playing the two in her adaptation within the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, wait, wait. So I think I have to explain it then. Because okay,
1: yeah. There's a couple. There's like three <laughs> different layers to this film.
0: <laughs> All right. So this in this movie. The character is making a movie that is basically the souvenir part one. hmm. <laughs> OK, so yeah. So and then in, the other so layer in,
1: there is that the main character of of this film is based on the actual director of of the movie. Of, of the movie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So in the movie that she's making, the the actors that are playing her and the boyfriend's are like well i i don't i don't get it like what do you what what were you feeling like what was this mm-hmm. relationship like what was the dynamic like it doesn't make sense um and she doesn't like really give them any answers and it's like Well, she
1: tries. She's like explaining. She's trying to explain her feelings, like left and right. Like she's really like trying to get through to them. But
0: and of course, it's like, well, like how can you? Mm -hmm. How can you unless you like were her and experienced it? It's like it's like this impossible thing. You know, she's trying to translate. Uh,
1: yeah you know what was such like, a cool detail about that is um so when when they're trying to figure out casting right and um uh, the filmmaker her her other her other peer that ends up playing herself like she's not an actor she's just another like student filmmaker but um but Julie decides to have her play the lead uh because um she she comes to Julie with this person she's like I saw this guy act on stage uh, a, f- a couple weeks ago and i don't know how to describe it but there was something special about his performance and i just I, I don't really know how to put it into words but i think he's perfect for this role and doesn't that just like speak directly to her, like her inability to describe what she loved about anthony right so it's like in that moment she's she's she decided that Um, this person needs to play the lead alongside of him because that's like exact, like that mirrors her own relationship with, with Anthony. Right.
0: Yeah, I guess. But then that's also like, anybody could say that about anybody else, you know, like, like, Oh, I don't know how to describe it, but it was such and such. Like, you know, like it, it, like I didn't really pick that up from that. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Maybe that was just like another moment where it was hard to read a lot of these conversations. Oh, um, but yeah, I don't know. How did you feel about the, uh, the guy from the, um, the, the, I keep saying the IT club, but that's not the name of the show. It's the IT squad. What was the name of that show?
1: Um, uh... The IT
0: crowd? No, that's it. Is that's it? it? Yes, yeah, yeah, that's it.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he was in the first movie. Um. And he's in the second. And he's in the second. And he's even more. <laughs> he's even more insufferable and and pretentious this time around. However, as as much as you want to like roll your eyes at that character, the final thing that he said to her was like, because he he just talks in a way that's like so. Like, how would you describe the way that he talks?
0: Uh, he talks like he is like this auteur from the 70s
1: yeah that's it that's it like he just like knows better than everybody around him mm-hmm. like he's on a different level in his mind however the final thing that he says to her when he when she asks him a question about anthony and like whether he was actually working in the job that he said he was and 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 basically he just says to her bluntly like he was a junkie move on like that was the exact thing that she needed to hear in that moment um yeah. which like everything that this character set up until that point was just like purposely insufferable but he was like the one person that could just tell it to her straight in that moment. And I, I thought that was really, um that was really smart. Yeah. Um Why? What were like, you, what were you going to say about, about that character?
0: Well, it was, it was just kind of like his only purpose was as a plot device. Weirdly. Like, like he's like the only character that is there as a plot device.
1: That's true. Yeah. Because he's
0: the one that give tells her to uh make a memorial, which makes her make the, the film. Mm-hmm. Other than that, he's just kind of there as like this, um... I don't know. Uh, like, dichotomy of what a filmmaker could be, like, this egotistical, um, like comparison to what a filmmaker could become, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I guess he also like plays into the uh, horrors that you can experience at film school, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and the
1: sort of like um, personalities that you could be dealing with there. But yeah, no, you're right. He he definitely is um the closest thing to like a plot, a plot device, for sure.
0: It was just it was just weird. In the first one, I had no idea that he was a filmmaker. Did you like um pick that up at all
1: i didn't know no i di- i knew that he was like an artist in some right regard, just, vibe. just from the yeah but i didn't like is he also a student at the same school that she goes to
0: i didn't think so because they were like interviewing him uh, like about the project or whatever
1: yeah that that was all kind of unclear to me why they were help why she was like working on his project to begin with I don't think she was. I think she was just kind of hanging out. Oh, she was just like giving her opinion. She was watching the edit of it and giving her opinion. Yeah, that was the extent of it. Okay. Yeah. Because but... that
0: other girl, the other girl she was with, was like interviewing him mm-hmm. about it, and then he's like, "Oh, I can't do this right now." He was like being like the diva thing.
1: Right. Right. Right.
0: So like he's like he was like in the industry or whatever.
1: Yeah. Because when we and first I, I, when we like... first saw him, we knew him through uh, Anthony, right? Because he was he's right. friends with him, and I, I I that's really all we knew. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it was just weird that. He he was also a filmmaker and like that was never addressed whenever she was in film school. It's true. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of weird. Um But then it's like, well, how did everybody know this? this dude that just bummed around because the <laughs> other guy that she meets that that is also being interviewed, that actor also knew
1: him. Well, no, I think, I think um, everybody at her school knew him through her or at least knew about him. And, and so I think that was also the case with this guy. Cause he was also uh, involved with like their projects and stuff. So I was just assuming that everybody kind of knew him through her because they had been in a relationship for the better part of like a year. Right. I thought she
0: was like keeping him hidden now because he was like, I I don't know a mess because there was the scene in the first movie where she was telling that that friend of hers like where he was like hey like what's been your deal for a while like you haven't been coming to school. Mm-hmm. And he had no, and like he was like the closest to her and he had like no idea about him.
1: Well, did he have no idea about him or his problems? Right. Because that's something that he was trying to hide from everybody.
0: It seemed like he had no idea because she's like, I've been in, I've been in a bad relationship for a year or whatever. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's that a little bit,
1: that, that's all a little bit, the, the sort of like uh, acquaintances and how everybody knows each other. It's a little bit unclear. Um, yeah, it's, it's true.
0: It was just like, yeah, like how does everybody know this fucking dude? Like, <laughs> I didn't understand it.
1: Yeah, I almost died. I almost died in
0: like during her film the the sequence where she's wearing the mask of him. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, look at that fucking dude! Mm-hmm. Like this was the guy. This was the guy. <laughs> You're, like the like the the sad the sad tragedy in face. The like he's melting. Mm-hmm. It's like this was the, this was the guy. Like, really?
1: Yeah. So, so it sounds like you still haven't bought in. Um, no, you, no, like because, at all.
0: Like, no, because she doesn't provide any answers, and that's whatever. It's like I still don't. I still don't get it. And maybe that's the point: is that you're not going to get it. But it's like I, I did. I just hated that guy.
1: Okay. Okay. Because
0: he was so he was so nothing. There was nothing to him. Yeah. so There's nothing that's, to
1: latch on to. That's tough when it comes to what I think is um, the best thing about this movie, which is it's sort of like examination of like the grief, the grieving process and just like, you know, her, her attempts to like work through that and like still be productive and, and move on, move forward essentially. Um, Cause that's what this movie is, is about really. It's about her, um, like the immediate aftermath of, of his death and, and, her, uh, you know, mourning him and and just like grappling with that, and then also trying to move forward and like incorporating it into her art and and everything, right? Um, but I, I guess if you still are, if you're still hung up on on the whole, his whole thing and, and why she loved him to begin with, then that all would probably fall flat too.
0: Yeah, it's like it's like the movie uh, calls him like charming and manipulative, and I just don't, I don't, I didn't see that at all. I didn't. See, where was the charm? Where was any of it? It was just this fucking guy. Mm -hmm. like the the, the manipulative thing fine that's like you know she was she was enthralled by him for whatever reason and he did things to fuck up her life i totally got that but like he was so nothing he was empty there was no charisma there i just didn't understand it i feel the same way that her mom did where where she's like asking her mom she's like how did you feel when he died and her mom like has nothing to say yeah she was basically she just didn't. like
1: i felt for you yeah
0: i felt bad for you yeah because you loved him and she's like oh well, how'd you feel when you met him it's like you liked him and i was like yeah and then she's like well did you like him because i liked him she's like well yeah like what, what am i gonna say like because mm-hmm. he was he was nothing he was this sad sack this weirdo and that and then he happened to be on drugs like it was it was like <laughs> it was just a separate it was like you know, that stupid duster. I can't get over that duster.
1: I mean, I I, I was I was looking on Letterboxd. I think one of the top like letterbox reviews of this movie was like acknowledging that the criticism, everything you're talking about, and then they were like, Well, but also it just is like that sometimes for a person. I get that. No, I get that. Yeah.
0: That like that's what that's what this movie is supposed to be showing is that it it didn't matter what other people understood or can't understand about the relationship. It's mm-hmm. like it happens. Right. That was what she felt anyway. Yeah. Um, even if other people couldn't see it or still can't see it. Um, so I I think this this achieves what the first one couldn't, which was even though I can't understand why she felt that way about this fucking slug of a man. (laughs) Yeah. I can still understand her process, her her struggle, her grief and what she's doing now to get past it
1: yeah like the way this whole in a mov- way
0: that I couldn't in the first one
1: yeah yeah exactly exactly the way this whole movie's constructed I thought was so brilliant because like you do have that sort of second you have the the movie within a movie which I, kn- I know you said that you is another thing you don't like but um, but you have that and it's like so purposeful because it is exploring that sort of um, disconnect because you have the actors trying to understand her her thoughts and feelings and, and her inability to get through um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then and it's also her just working through everything with art, right? Which is like so much of what the this this um, pair of movies is about. Um, I don't know. I just, I love the whole thing. Like, I, I just thought it was so good. And then the, the scenes with the therapist, I wish there was more of that, actually. Because um, there were a couple of really, um, really great scenes with her therapist that were so short, but they were like so um, like raw and just like insightful for for what they were. Um, and then, of course, you have that an, another, like the, I love the final I guess we talked about this last week. There were almost two final shots in the first souvenir. But here you Mm -hmm. have this this final scene where um, it gets back to that like meta aspect of this and like the story within a story. And then also the sort of like uh, autobiographical nature of it, where it's like this this house party uh, celebrating like an accomplishment that Julie has done, like something like wrapped on a film or whatever. And she's got like her friends over and it's sort of like it's almost I like I a- thought
0: it was her birthday.
1: Oh, was it her birthday? OK,
0: yeah, because they said something about turning 30.
1: Oh, there we go. Yeah, so it was it was her birthday and it was sort of like a bookend, right? Because the, the first souvenir started out with a very similar type of like get together where she met Bozo. Yeah, that is where she met him. Yeah. Um, But then the camera sort of like zooms out and you're on a soundstage and it's a set and there's a film crew. And that whole like get together is happening inside of the same like set that we saw Julie's film uh, being filmed on. So that I thought that was such a great final scene.
0: Yeah, it worked. Uh, You're going to hate me Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) because
1: uh, uh, Evangelion did it first. Oh, did it? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean that just tells you because I never, I never finished <laughs> that whole thing. So, no, that's cool. I mean, that's you know, that's a classic, right? So, yeah, <laughs> it's certainly not the first thing to do this type of storytelling.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm sure even didn't actually do it first, but I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> even <Evangelion> did it.
1: <laughs> now, was this in like the original series, or was this one of the more recent movies that you watched?
0: Uh, it was in the, one of the recent movies. I think I actually mentioned it before. Whenever I was talking about the movies, but, um,
1: yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I should probably get, I should get back into that, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it did work. It was, it was very good. Yeah. I don't want to like ramble on forever about this. I really was impressed with this, this movie. Um, I thought it just like nailed everything it was going for. Um, and I, I do think that's in part because I was just like willing to buy into that relationship from the outset. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I mean that, ha- that helps a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um although i'll I'll like buy into a lot of shit in films that <laughs> just yeah. doesn't seem to be a problem for me, but, um, except apparently Robert Pattinson's Batman. Movies. No, it wasn't even, it wasn't even that. Like, it's just, <laughs> I, I know. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. With, with Batman, especially there've just been so many like reboots and interpretations. I, I feel like I've just seen it all, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's like not even anything against this, this new one. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's good. Like, it sounds, sounds solid. It sounds decent. Um, from everything he said about it, but, uh, I just wasn't, I don't know. I just wasn't up for it last night.
0: No yeah it's fine it's 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 another fucking Batman you know Like
1: yeah no I think when I texted you the other day about it, I had just finished watching this movie I just finished watching the souvenir I'm like I'm like that's beautiful cinema I'll watch anything yeah. I'll watch yeah. I was like manic I'll watch any I'll watch any movie this is the world is wonderful um, no, but, uh, yeah, I don't want to go on forever. I, I did really, really like this one. Um, so yeah, that's, unless you have anything else to add, that's the souvenir or two week, two week discussion. <laughs> if any, if anybody's listening to this and they haven't seen these movies, I, I've imagined it's incomprehensible to listen to this, uh, which I apologize for. But.
0: I think, I think we did an okay job of plot. Yeah. I mean, this one, this one's just complicated because there's, uh, movies within movies within movies. It's
1: true. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's not our fault <laughs> Well it is because I I mean we
1: do have control over which movies we choose to talk about Well yeah but I mean which speaking of you in the notes here you have a choice for for next week I do I do um, I'm excited
0: yeah because uh it, it was a couple weeks back you said that uh you know the selections that you want to uh, have for this segment uh you'd like them to be sort of uh topical and maybe um, have something going for them whether it's like a, maybe a new release or just maybe talking about something relevant um and so i came across something and maybe you've heard of this one maybe you haven't um it's called the scary of 61st i
1: have not heard of this okay
0: um it's it's a horror movie uh it, it's available on shutter but it's probably also on VOD
1: perfect i um, have Shudder. okay
0: good uh and um, it's uh, written and directed by uh, one of the co-hosts of the Red Scare podcast. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's sort of a uh, it started out as a leftist kind of thing, mm-hmm. like sort of like the like chapo, whatever, and like that kind of thing. but then they've kind of gone off the rails from that. Uh, I don't know what they're up to now. I never really listened to it, but anyway. Um, and so it's it's directed by uh, Dasha Nekrasova. Uh, who you might know as um, what's the name of the character? Oh, she plays uh, Comfrey in Succession. Comfrey, the the assistant that uh, what's his face has the hots for.
1: Um, cousin Greg. Is this like season three? Because I didn't. I ended up not watching much of season three. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, so then I'm not. Oh, okay. I'm not too sure. So but I, uh, yeah. Oh, but um, right. regardless, that's that's interesting.
0: Yeah. So this is a horror film. Um, and I don't know how much I want to say. Have you seen it
1: already? I have not seen it yet. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm down. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Um, so, so yeah, that's, the what's the title again? First. Okay. Scary of 61st.
0: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's available on Shudder. Um. We'll see. I, I feel like this is going to be an interesting one.
1: Yeah. Shudder just like quietly comes out with some pretty interesting horror films every couple months. Yeah. Like they've definitely um. gotten more into like, um, I guess, like purchasing like new movies and, and having them like exclusively. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see how that goes.
0: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, I did want to touch on a little bit of Final Fantasy bullshit. So. Mm hmm. Um, so I, I feel like I've mentioned this sort of housing situation in Final Fantasy 14 before. Um, so uh, people our age we, we, we can't afford housing whatsoever like, no. we're never gonna own we're never gonna own homes. Um, and we can't even own them in Final Fantasy 14, at least a lot of us. Um, so uh, within this new patch there is supposed to be an overhaul of the housing system to a lottery. And, uh, this was a change from the old system, which was, it was called first come first serve, but that was really not the case. It was really based on RNG, uh, because houses were on a timer, an invisible 24 hour timer. Uh, and the only way to know if a house was available to purchase would be to constantly click on the house within a 24 hour period and hope you clicked on it the second it became available. Yikes. Yeah. So people would literally camp out houses for 24 hour periods. Uh, a lot of people would set up bots in order to constantly click the house in order to potentially purchase it. Um, so that was the old system. The new system is uh, supposed to be a lottery where uh, you see a house is available. You put in a, uh, a bid um, for the price. You could see how many bids there are. Uh, and then within a couple days, the lotto happens and somebody will win. Uh, and then that person has like 48 hours to claim the house. Um, that was the way it was supposed to work. Uh, and this was in the addition of new housing uh, areas uh, and some redistricting <laughs> of housing areas within the game. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. I actually say it out loud um, between uh, personal homes and FC or guild homes uh, in the game. Um, there's another problem with that. But uh, th- the main issue here is that uh, so there's this first lotto period after this changeover. Um So people put in bids for houses and were awaiting the results. The results come in. Uh, Nobody won the houses. Hmm. And this was especially weird because some people were the only bidders on plots of land. So they lost against... Nobody. Nobody. And the result that would display would say uh, winning lotto number zero. And then afterwards, the results would say there were no participants in this lottery, despite the fact that people paid millions uh to like purchase the lotto ticket um then people could take out their lotto ticket that they paid for um so the funds weren't lost but it said that they didn't participate even though they just got their money back um so this quickly led to speculation that uh there was a bug that Square Enix had accidentally included um, a ticket zero into all the results, like all the, like the table of the dice roll of the lotto, basically. Mm-hmm. And so, if you were the only one that bid on a house, you had a fifty fifty shot <laughs> of getting that house yeah. against an imaginary number zero. This was the theory that people were going with because everybody was losing to number zero.
1: I mean, um, didn't is this not just like a, a system that just doesn't work properly, like?
0: It was, uh, so we had no information. Yeah. So this is the first time this lo- system was supposed to happen. Right. But this was this was the current theory, was mm-hmm. that, oh, God, they ac- actually included the number zero in the lotto. And so the results are fucked So because the, the number zeros are winning instead of, a, of an actual person. Because act- then it quickly uh, turned, found out that some people were winning the houses. So those people had beaten the odds and won against zero. Um, then Square actually came out and said... <laughs> That no, uh, just the result display is wrong. So on the back end, the lottery did happen and take place. It's just not displaying properly. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is just a gigantic clusterfuck. Because housing is like the biggest uh, deal in the game for a lot of people. Really? Um, Yeah, it really is. Because the way that it works is that... uh, Housing is physically located in game Mm -hmm. so you have an actual address that people can go to it's not instance based like a lot of games where like you go to one portal and everybody's house is located on that portal that you just can't see it so like you can go and see people's actual houses in neighborhoods within the game depending on the server. Um, so it's actual physical, like not physical, it's like physical digital real estate. Um, so there are limited spots. Is this the metaverse? This is the the metaverse. It it, it actually exists. MMOs have been doing this shit for 30 years. Yeah. (laughs) So people care very deeply about the housing because most people don't have a house. There is actually a, there's limited housing in the game. Um, and a lot of people want them to move to instance housing, so everybody could have a house. Other people say no; they like the appeal of being able to see their neighbors' houses converge in physical locations in the game. Blah 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 blah.
1: House big- houselessness is just it, it's it's necessary to show that people need to work harder.
0: <laughs> uh, see, yeah, this is this is the this is the thing is that. Th- <sighs> In the game, there's basically nothing to do with your money Mm -hmm. except for save up for a house. Mm -hmm. Like, that's basically all you do with money. But the fact that the houses are limited makes it very difficult for people to do that. Um, It's pretty screwed up, uh, but it is the way it is. Yeah, no, I Um, I
1: was just like, I was referring to why homelessness is a thing in the U.S., yeah, it's designed specifically to just motivate people. It doesn't homelessness does not have to be a thing. It can be solved very no, easily. Not, not whatsoever. Yeah,
0: and well, like as dumb as it is, like it could be solved in this game very mm-hmm. easily too. Mm-hmm. If they did instance housing and then it's unlimited, right? Um, but uh, and technically there already is instance housing. There are apartments. Um, which are you get an instance room, right? Um, And then you could also have rooms in an FC house, which are basically just apartments that exist in the FC house. Um, So there are other options, but of course, everybody wants a house. Mm -hmm. Um, So people already didn't like the old system. A lot of people didn't want the lotto system in the first place. Uh, They thought that they had more control over it if they stood at the placard for 24 hours clicking on it to be able to get their house. Uh, They didn't like the randomness. They didn't like the randomness of the lotto. Um, And so now the issue is that uh, they're now working through the log results of the lotto and trying to implement them. They're like posting updates every couple days of like their progress on fixing the error. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're begging people that actually have one to claim their houses. Otherwise, they have the potential to lose them whenever they implement the results of the lottos um but yeah it's a clusterfuck because people that lo- like thought they lost pulled their money out of the bids because it's like oh well i fucking lost so oh, i want no. my money back yeah so they need to figure out what they're going to do if they're just going to yank money out of people's pockets or what's going to happen there um but they said they're not going to do a reroll and they're not going to roll back the servers in any way whatsoever Um, the good thing is that they said that the housing servers that like contain all this information are separate from the regular game servers. So this won't impact the game, uh, in like the main game in any way, especially because the ultimate raid is coming on Tuesday. And if they had to do anything to the ultimate raid because of housing, um, there would be an even bigger riot. Um, but, uh, as somebody that does have a house in game, I got very lucky that, I played during a, a down period of the game, and there was just a house sitting there that I could just click on and buy, and not have to wait a twenty-four hour period. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think this is fucking hilarious. I the mean, I games, think I games think, games think there's a very
1: up. practical solution to this whole problem, which is landlords. <laughs> 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 No, but, um, yeah, it sounds like a mess, but, uh, they should, they should have it fixed up, right? In the, in the near future. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They're going to fix it, but it's just, they, they fuck up the housing thing like so much. This is like the biggest fuck up the game has had in Mm -hmm. a long, long time. Um, and I just think it's, I find it really funny. Um,
1: yeah, because you're coming (laughs) from a place of privilege where you are, you have a a place to live.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just seeing everybody freak out, and I'm here in my. I have a. I have a small house. Okay, I'm not like. I don't have a mansion. All right, I'm fine with my small little house. Um,
1: you have what you need. I do. I Nothing do. More. I don't. Yeah.
0: Um. But yeah. Just. Just the way that they fucked it up, and if they would have actually like, if it would have happened the way that people originally thought, where they included the number zero in in the rolls, that would have been the fucking most hilarious thing ever mm-hmm. to fuck up that badly. It's still bad that this made it to the live game in the first place. Um, like, I don't know. I don't know how it got through.
1: Yeah. Right. Um,
0: like this is the first, this is the first implementation of this system. Um, but now the problem is, is that now that it's going to function, like, and people know it's going to function, uh, the next lotto period. So now the lotto is closed, even though there are houses available because it's not fixed yet. So now whenever it's open again, there's going to be an entire mad rush, uh, for the next wave. Um, the other problem is that they did this, the period was open, the first lotto period was open on a weekend.
1: Mm, mm-hmm. So this
0: was on Saturday. So it was a, a clusterfuck Peak on time, on a weekend. Right? Peak time on a weekend. It was nuts. Um, the other issue is that they've, like I said, they redistrict, <laughs> they redistrict neighborhoods, which is a fucking crazy thing to say. Um, Those conservatives
1: so they, are, are at it again.
0: Yeah, they, they so they redistrict neighborhoods to where... Um, there are now 18 FC, you know, that's the guilds, FC wards to six personal wards. Wards are neighborhoods, basically. Um, and this is a problem because there are more personal people looking for homes than FCs are looking for homes. There's demand for both. Um, but uh, Square's logic here kind of makes sense because uh, they see FCs as a way for more people to have access to housing right? So more people can have access to an FC house than one person owning one home does. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because, uh, an FC house has more, uh, utility and an FC house lets you have a personal room in it. Like just like an apartment does. Right. Um, so I think their, their logic is, is that if we give more FC housing, then more people will have access to housing in general than personal homes. Um, But as it stands now, there are just FC wards that are completely empty because there's not the demand for those houses that there are for personal ones. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll see if that changes. I don't think it will. The problem is, is that they retroactively changed this because before wards were mixed. So you can have an FC house next to a personal house. Now that's not the case. Now they're separated. Um, And so things are all kind of fucked up
1: there. But that's a whole another can of worms. Do you think this is now the flagship podcast for um, the housing market in Final Fantasy XIV?
0: Maybe there's there's a whole oh, there's a whole black market of uh, oh, no. house trading. Uh, because you can basically trade FC houses, um, because you can change ownership of an FC. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so if you make somebody the, like you invite somebody to the FC and make them the leader of the FC and they give you a huge stack of money, they've just bought the house from you. Oh. So they're, so you could trade FC houses in a way that you can't trade personal houses. Interesting. You kind of used to, you kind of used to be able to trade personal houses where somebody would say, Hey, I'm going to like relinquish this house. Uh, and somebody would say, "All right, I'll give you however much for it." Um, and so then they would agree on t- on a time that house will become available. And so that person would kind of get first dibs like it wouldn't be guaranteed that they would even get the house, but they would get first dibs to try to get the house just based on the stupid 24 hour timer.
1: And then does that person not pay you until after the house is like, no, oh, they have to pay up front. Mm -hmm. That's risky. Mm -hmm. So, yeah,
0: there's a whole black market for trading now with the lotto personal houses. I don't think you could trade personal houses. FC houses, you could still trade because you could promote people. But now there's a 30 day restriction on, um, like, promoting people to FCs, I think. So now, so now what people are doing is they are trading cash, like, weekly to get around the, the restriction. So, like, they're doing, like, down payments. Mm-hmm. It's, fucking, it's fucking nuts. Um, And you can't convert an FC house to a personal house. But, but anyway.
1: um, Was there more to the, the Moogle this week or was it just the housing? The housing no, market? just
0: the housing. I thought that was just crazy enough to uh, talk about.
1: Yeah, it's, re- it's like a game within a game.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. And a lot of people want to do it because they they throw a ton of um, housing decoration items at you mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that you can't use unless you have a house.
1: Like, is this is this Final Fantasy or Animal Crossing?
0: It's it's similar. It's similar to Animal Crossing in that way, and it's similar to like The Sims, you know, like the house uh, decorating and shit like that. It sounds cool. So it is, and that's why a lot of people want to do it. Um, especially because you own like a piece of the game in that way.
1: So, so would you um, be uh, a fan of of instanced housing that lets everybody participate?
0: Um, honestly, I think it it like, and this is gonna sound like like I have a bias because I do have a house, but honestly, I don't care that I have a house or not. Like. I think it's kind of lame, like instance housing. Uh, like, cause I've played so other MMOs house. that have, like, give it to somebody just,
1: who who actually would appreciate it.
0: Th- that's not what I meant by I don't care that I have a house. Oh, I, I mean that, like, I don't, I, it, it I, <laughs> I, I, I don't, um, care that I have a house in relation to instance or non instance Oh,
1: right, right, yeah.
0: Um, like, I've played MMOs that have instance housing, like, RuneScape has instance housing, um, Guild Wars has instance housing, um, and it's just kind of, it's just kind of lame, cause, like, everybody, goes to the same exact thing and then they have to like teleport into their house. And it's just like, okay. Um, like in, in 14, you can go to a neighborhood and see like everybody's like outside, like the way they've decorated their house. That's,
1: that's pretty cool. Yeah. There's something to Um, that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just unfortunate that it's so limited. Right. Right. Uh, ideally everybody would be able to get one, but like there are just too many players. Um, if there was a way to make more instance neighborhoods, maybe smaller scale, in a way that would maybe alleviate it, mm-hmm. um, or if people are um, maybe given the option to have an instance house right. instead, you can then, sort of I have don't both, know, the, both going. Yeah. yeah, does that or does that just increase the demand for non-instance housing? I don't know. Um, so yeah, I, I, ideally everybody would be able to have a house, right? Like it, it's a game; you should be able to play it. This should the be the platform be that
1: you that you run on in the next Final Fantasy election. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and so the other thing is that there's a new feature coming out called Island Sanctuary, and we still don't know a whole lot about it, but
1: it's... I mean, if that's not Animal Crossing, I don't know what is.
0: Exactly, so what we think of it is, it's supposed to be some kind of Animal Crossing slash Harvest Moon style gameplay, and they there's are still mum on details about it, but it's supposed to be uh a th- like they originally build it as um a location where you can have all your minions, which are just your little pets that you collect, uh can just run around freely because normally you can only have one out at a time, so they can all just run around. And you can see all the things that you've collected, and um so there's supposed to be like some some like casual activities, and so a lot of people are hoping, and we still don't know, and it's supposed to be coming out this expansion after it was delayed from last expansion to, um, like alleviate some of that, you know, housing demand. If people have their Island Sanctuary, because this is a feature that would be open to everyone, Mm -hmm. this will be instanced, uh, this will alleviate some, uh, housing demand, um, because they've said it's not a replacement for housing, but it'll have some form of decorating in some capacity. So whether that you can actually use the same housing items or something else, uh, they've, they've still been light on details and it's actually really frustrating because we really don't know what. This gameplay is going to be, but it, it looks, it like visually looks like some kind of animal crossing style thing. Do you um,
1: think the minions will make you feel guilt and shame for not visiting them for like a couple of weeks?
0: Oh, probably. Yeah, yeah probably. Mm-hmm. Um, they Like they've been uh, teasing this for so long that it was actually one of the features that uh i was showing to my sister to get her to stick with the game oh wow so that's how long ago they've been teasing that and we still don't actually know what the fuck it actually
1: is yeah that's um, cool it sounds like a big deal
0: it is and we still don't, i think it's supposed to be coming in like 6.3 mm-hmm. which will be like next fucking year at this point so like we still don't we still don't know yeah there's no fucking idea but anyway um what did i want to talk about next oh i had a uh a philosophical question for you
1: oh great do another one of these um,
0: yeah, I I think the last time was whenever I asked if my computer was still my computer in a in a ship of Theseus situation. Um so how how does one go about throwing out a garbage can?
1: Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, um yeah, that's a tough one. I I don't I don't know <laughs> if you can. I mean <laughs> The thing is, like, you'd have to put it inside of another type of, of garbage container. But at that right. point, is it is it a garbage can or is it just garbage?
0: That's what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. Do you have an answer?
0: I don't think I do. That's why I'm posing the uh, the quandary.
1: Well, I mean, we've got we've got movies within movies today. We've got uh, garbage <laughs> cans within garbage <laughs> cans. So I think yeah, I think how, I think we found Joanna Hogg's next film. <laughs> How do you throw out a garbage can? Um, You delete the file for this recording. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know.
0: (laughs) Do you okay? Do you uh, uh, now? That's interesting. Do you recycle a garbage can?
1: Um, ideally, because it is it is plastic, uh, typically, right? So you wanna you wanna be the um, uh, responsible uh, uh-huh. citizen of of the world. Um, we're recording you know, this. We're recording it, 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 this on Earth Day, by the
0: way. Oh, are we? I yeah,
1: know. which which is funny if you think about it. Like Earth Day is a thing made up by the species that is destroying the planet.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I consider every day to be Earth Day
1: oh okay I don't don't have
0: I don't have a boo sound I don't have a (laughs) (laughs) boo
1: (laughs) boo I just I just think it's funny Um, because it's like yeah we we are celebrating this this day that we made up about the thing that we're actively destroying yeah when you think of it that way it's just it's kind of bleak damn but Google has like a fun uh fun little header where you can see like this the snow caps uh, twenty years ago versus today.
0: Oh that's that's not depressing. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So yeah, I don't know I don't know what to do about my trash can. <laughs> I think you need
1: to get inside of the, the trash can and, and not come out
0: of it. Okay. So just
1: become Oscar the Grouch yeah essentially okay yeah essentially i I think that's the answer okay yeah Uh, i wish i had a better one
0: (laughs) if anybody else has suggestions about how i should throw out my garbage can uh video at denaro.co
1: do you want to provide any context for how this this came about this philosophical question
0: all right all right so i got i got a i got a trash can in my room Uh uh-huh and uh well one it's it's kind of too small um but it's also metal so it's a metal trash can
1: oh okay
0: um and I've had it since college. All right, and uh, it's it's really it's really it's actually really gross. It's a gross trash can because uh, one of the first times I used it in college, I threw out some soup, <laughs> and okay. the soup went through the trash bag, and uh, it like got all gross at the bottom of yeah, the but, trash but can. But you're talking
1: about something that happened quite a quite a while ago.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, but so I think the 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 soup was so. Um, Acidic, I suppose. That uh, through the years it has um, worn away and rusted the bottom of the trash can. What kind of soup? And um, I, I, it's some kind of Campbell's from a can. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, so my trash can is in uh, a depressing state, and I would like to get rid of it and get a better trash can after ten years.
1: Well, I'm sorry finish. that I asked. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but also that is a, a valid reason to want to get rid of a uh, trash can so yeah
0: but i but i don't know i don't know the procedure i don't know how i would go about getting rid of this trash can
1: well keep us keep us up updated yeah
0: i gotta i gotta do some research um <laughs> what are we doing
1: i have no idea nobody's listening at this point anyway uh, nobody's listening um i mean i i had a couple quick things if we want to okay I had some some interesting news stories from this week. Yeah. Um, some Taylor Swift news. Of course. Probably not what you are expecting, but... Um, so you can add another accolade to uh, Taylor Swift's uh, uh, resume. Um,
0: yeah, who, who's who's writing credits does she have now?
1: Um, yeah, no. So like I said, it's not what you would expect. There is a new <laughs> species of millipede that has been discovered and has been named in Taylor Swift's honor. Um... So it's, it's called uh, the species name It's the Ninaria swiftae um, Or vernacularly It's called the swift Twisted claw millipede And it was discovered by An entomologist named Derek Hennon um, A doctor at uh, Virginia Tech And um, So this this naming after Swift It's uh it's thank you from Hennon to Swift um, Because her music has quote gotten him Through some rough times in his life So this is his way of like honoring uh, honoring Taylor Swift.
0: I thought it was because Taylor Swift has a thousand legs. Well,
1: actually, there is something to that because according to this NPR story, researchers uh, determined that the millipede named for Swift was a um, unique species and has special legs. Yeah. Oh. Has special, I don't really know what makes the legs special. Uh, the article doesn't say, but it has special legs. Um, so is it, are they clawed? Is that the well, thing? I mean, you know, Taylor Swift has has some some long legs, you might say, yeah. Huh. So I don't know if that means that these the millipede shares the sort of length of legs. I'm, I'm not sure where, where I'm even going with this at this point, but um, just you know, an interesting story came up. Got a, a new now, now, how do you, th- where do you think this ranks among Taylor Swift's like lifetime accomplishments? Like you have Grammy wins, right? You have you know, being top, a top 10 artists on spotify you have uh you know netflix films documentaries and then you have the millipede uh it's Hmm. probably i mean the netflix shit is probably at the bottom
0: right you think so yeah Okay. well i mean netflix is not going to exist in like another year and a half (laughs) so uh (laughs) that's gonna be that's gonna be lost media soon So this might be this might be top two, top two.
1: Okay, okay, yeah. She's uh, captured the hearts of of multiple generations. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Just millions and millions of people around the world and this is top two
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: okay oh she she received an honorary doctorate this year from i, I think like nyu or something just...
0: how oh, they hand that out like, <laughs> so candy. this is still that's top nothing. two
1: yeah that's okay
0: i'm not even no i'm not even joking that's like that's 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 generally no nothing. i think she
1: might have said once that she wanted one of those and they were like okay yeah like yeah that's, that's nothing i mean it's in like <laughs> music so if anybody deserves a doctorate in music like sure you know Th- Okay,
0: but you have to other people have to, you know, do shit like at the school. Yeah, but
1: like she for for not like you know in a job description where it's like you can equate four years of experience to a degree, like you need one or the other. I feel like Taylor Swift has the experience that's equivalent to the, more than equivalent to the degree, right?
0: But it's still nothing.
1: Well, should, Dr. Swift, that's not nothing.
0: No, 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 no. Well, says you. If if Taylor Swift falls on hard times and puts that on her resume? Nah.
1: Nah. I love how this NPR story, the photo, is a side-by-side of, you know, a headshot of Taylor, and then a close-up of the
0: Oh, That doesn't look like anything to me. (laughs) Can't tell... (laughs) I can't tell the difference
1: so yeah that was that was our swift news for the week um there was a, another thing which i didn't look into too much i think drake posted a photo on instagram of himself and taylor swift's like hugging from and and, and that got the rumor mill churning of whether they've got something uh that they're of working what? on this you know it's coming out soon we'll have to see but okay yeah that's that's uh
0: they're they're <laughs> they're on finding a new species of beetle <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: Doctor Swift, the entomologist, and and Doctor Drake. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I did. There was another uh, headline uh, from just yesterday. Actually, it's breaking news. Although by the time this podcast comes out, it will not be breaking. Um, but CNN Plus is is shutting down, and uh, this is this is noteworthy because it launched less than one month ago,
0: um, leading the world to the to say, "What CNN?" <laughs> yes, Plus? very much so. <laughs> Um, um, I'm su- I'm surprised you didn't grab the CNN article about it. Which of
1: course, they, they, they had to report on had it. yeah mm-hmm. um yeah kind of wild. Uh, I think they lasted about um once uh, one sixth as long as as Quibi. Um, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, there's been like a lot of shakeup uh, with leadership at Warner. Um, like the strategy for them is very much like they're trying to like just like bundle everything together, you know, and like put it all under like the HBO Max umbrella and. Which, t- which makes, makes total sense. sense and the launch of CNN plus is very much like not in line with that and it's just wild to, it's just wild to me that who, this whole thing got off the ground and it was running and they made a whole platform and like original content for it and it's gone within a month
0: who the fuck was going to pay for CNN plus
1: well uh, according to the numbers about 150,000 people that's their, <laughs> that's their subscriber counts um, which but is not great probably
0: also a, f- a free trial right
1: uh, yeah I would assume so and if it was a one month free trial then i don't think anybody actually paid for it yeah um because like this is this this service lasted the length of a billing site but yeah so there's a, a obviously a change in direction that they're going in the leader of this uh platform has left the company um yeah i didn't even
0: know that they became warner discovery
1: like a week ago yes with the uh, the end result there being that discovery plus is going to be grouped in with hbo max pretty And soon, parents I'm over assuming.
0: the world will rejoice. I know my parents will.
1: Yeah, a lot of, uh, lot of yeah, the, they they they, uh, a lot of stuff on discovery. They watch a lot of stuff on
0: discovery and they hate the app. Oh. So if they can use hbo max they will be uh,
1: very well, There you nice. go. Um. Yeah. So I there there wasn't much beyond that. I just I was kind of shocked to see this. Um, st- the quick turnaround of this mm-hmm. whole thing because there are like shows lined up and and I'm I'm assuming a lot of those will not just like die out entirely. I'm sure they'll they'll transfer some stuff over to like HBO and stuff. But obviously people yeah. are getting laid off. Which the
0: thing uh, I sucks. saw said that they they they're going to have like they get apply for openings throughout. Right. So yeah. Which essentially means that there's <laughs> still quite a few layoffs <laughs> yeah. happening. Uh
1: huh. Um, yeah, so that's that. Uh, the other thing I, I wanted to mention was uh Coachella. I watched some mm-hmm. of the Coachella live streams last weekend. Um, yeah, I gotta say, like, it up until this past weekend, I, I've never had like FOMO when it comes to like big music festivals or anything, but I, I did. I was kind of like sad watching this because I wanted to, I actually wanted to, it would be cool, a cool thing to Oh, you couldn't it, pay me really? to go to that, yeah, no way. I mean obviously it's you know massive amount of people but like from what i saw of like the sets like the, of like the performances and stuff like it's very well produced um they like i
0: watched fucked on... up the sound on the main stage
1: wait did they yeah <laughs> i didn't know that um because what i watched was i watched on, on friday night i watched uh phoebe bridgers which is great and then the next night i watched um japanese breakfast mm-hmm. did you see that one because yes, i texted did. you about it yeah. that was very good um And then on Sunday, I watched, uh, well, I watched a few things. I watched, um, I watched Ravina, who put out her debut album earlier this year, which is really good. Highly recommend. Mm -hmm. Um, I watched The Regrets, who put out a new album last week. Really? Yeah. See, I didn't like the one before it. Um, their debut, I I I just listened to like nonstop for like a year after it came out. I love it so much. And then their second album was sort of like this like concept album. It was basically like a like a, a love story type thing. And it just I was not. I don't know. You have to be like in the right mindset for it. I just I wasn't that into it. But this new it's, one I it's like. Kind of like generic I think it's very pop good. for
0: me. Really? Which is not what I wanted from them. Yeah.
1: I mean. I, I feel like it's inevitable that bands sort of steer in that direction. Like I've seen it so many times that I almost. But I wanted something it. more um, from them
0: for, if they were going to go that direction. Like, well, it was I, just kind of.
1: I, I mean, I feel like it's. I feel like it's still like good lyrically, and like it's there's still some really catchy stuff on there. I know what you mean, though. Like, yeah, I, I, like, I can see. I, why I put that up
0: on, and it could have been anybody.
1: Like it, it,
0: it, didn't feel like a regrets album. Mm, It Could have been. Mm-hmm. So I was just, yeah, I was disappointed by that.
1: Their performance is really good though. I'm sure. Like yeah. Lydian Knight is is um such a great like front person. Just like just like like born to be uh, the leader of the mm-hmm. band essentially, you know. Um just, like, captures your attention immediately for the mm-hmm. whole time. But, um, yeah, and then uh, Sunday, I watched Maggie Rogers, which, like, I don't know if, like, the the VODs of these Coachella sets are going to be, like, put on YouTube. Or I don't know what they're going to do with them. I assume they're going to put them up eventually. But if anybody can has the chance to watch the Ma- Maggie Rogers performance from Coachella, I, I would highly recommend it because it was incredible. Mm-hmm. She's one of those artists where, and I feel like this is pretty rare, that her voice is, like, 10 times better live than it is on on her album and that's like nothing against the album it's just like it's one of those like things where like she's so much better live like the the recordings just don't do her justice mm. yeah have you have you listened to maggie rogers so? Uh, okay no. so she put out her first album back in 2019 and then um i saw like i follow her on tiktok and like during the pandemic she was like doing a grad program at harvard while while mm. also making her second album um, and so the, yeah, so she just released her uh f- first single for the second album, which is incredible. And um, this was like, I think probably her first like live performance in, in a while, so it felt like very cathartic in that way, as it did for like a while. Cause you know, this is like the, one of the first big festivals since the pandemic started, right? Yeah. So, um, in that way, it was like the energy was like, is that
0: mixed why it was out, like promoted um, so but, insanely? Like, I, I had never seen so much Coachella shit in
1: my life until this um, year. Yeah, I mean, maybe because it hadn't been, there hadn't been one since 2019. So that would make sense for them to push hard for it, right? Yeah. Um, and like the live streams are great like they were so well produced and like the sound quality was really good and like the like the camera work was was great and everything so quite unforgiving though like because i like the audio feeds i guess were coming directly from the from the source right um so like there's no it, it, like if you're not like completely on like vocally or whatever it's you're, it's gonna pick that up like mm-hmm. you know what i mean um but like for somebody like Maggie rogers that just like elevates the whole thing because she's incredible um but there were a couple like i tuned in for a couple artists where it's like oh man this is not doing (laughs) this is not doing you favors right now um but uh yeah i would highly recommend that that performance it was stunning like the energy that she brings and then obviously just like the talent and and just like her her entire band Um, yeah i did catch um
0: after the japanese breakfast set because i hadn't turned off the stream yet uh i don't know if you know the, the girl in red
1: i um I listened to that her album all last night. Okay, it was yeah, like my I figured that would be something you'd be in. Yeah, I didn't watch um, her set though because it was kind of it was getting kind of late. Yeah, so that was pretty to, good. Um, yeah, and so that I have to check out the rest of her. Song. Oh yeah, you um, definitely should. You definitely should. Yeah, I think I think her album from last year was like her debut, and uh, then she has like an yeah. EP or two um, before. I I
0: could tell that like it's very much your shit because it was just like <laughs> it's very lesbian. <laughs> like
1: <laughs> yeah, you know I don't know like. I don't I don't fully I don't fully understand that about myself either, but that just I don't know. It just kinda of worked out that yeah. way. I don't um, know what to say. And I'm yeah. not sure
0: if she is uh like a big Nier fan, um, because the girl in red is a character from like the Nier Dragon Guard series. Um Oh interesting. Or, or maybe it's just a coincidence, but uh I, I'd be curious to know if she
1: if she likes Nier. Yeah, that would be a cool <laughs> reference.
0: Yeah. Um, But yeah, I enjoyed that set. But that was like Mm -hmm. all I saw because it was, it was immediately after Japanese
1: breakfast and I hadn't turned off the stream
0: yet and and she started with high energy. So I was like, oh, I'll check this out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, I didn't realize there's, there's two, uh, two weekends of it. So like basically everybody's just doing, they're just doing it all over again on uh, this week. Mm -hmm. I think without the live streams though, which is like logistically is interesting because everybody, I guess a lot of people live in Cal, like around California, but not everybody. So I'm sure there's a lot of like accommodations and stuff. Are they planning on doing that with the, um, the emo fire festival? If that's still, I think a thing so, that's happening. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> that's like what? September or something. I don't know. But you- right. Oh God. That fucking emo thing.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was happening. That was happening just before the Japanese breakfast. I tuned in a little bit early because the set times were they were lagging behind a little bit. Um. So I, yeah,
0: which is weird because the the shit was not live. Really,
1: it was on a delay. How do you know? Like, how could you tell? Because the because
0: the Japanese breakfast like. The, some oh, of the shots had a clock okay. on like the backstage wow that was in in France
1: but um yeah so that yeah. is strange that that was that was <laughs> happening um yeah so it was basically these two DJs that were basically they they their thing must be like the emo nights at like venues where everybody just sh- like shows up to dance and shit. but this was at like a yeah. actual music festival which I mean I guess if you're into it that's that's cool but I, I didn't quite understand why
0: uh, yeah it's like okay so you couldn't get any of these acts. So you're gonna have a dude. With yeah, and they, they were very
1: self aware because they were, were both wearing t shirts that were like that said like we're not supposed to be here or whatever. <laughs> um, but they did have like yeah they they did bring out a couple of quote unquote emo acts that were there. Um, I guess just maybe just happened to be at the festival or whether they planned it or not. But one of them was uh, uh, the dude from Plain White Tees, and he came out and sang uh, Hey There Delilah. Sure. Yeah. And the thing about – something about him very much looking like he's in his late 40s now and singing about this girl that he's missing and she'll be mm-hmm. done with school soon and, <laughs> <laughs> and also just like that combined with the fact that – I mean, they they were a one hit wonder, right? This is like their only song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something was so deeply, like, profoundly sad to me about the whole thing. Um, which, like, hey, I, you know, who am I? Because you know, people were into it. People were cheering them on. Like, you're, you know, you're performing yeah. at Coachella. Like, I, I don't mean to bring you down or anything, but. Man, there was something about it that's just, like, it's kind of depressing. And I, I guess that's kind of fits with it, was, it being emo. But it was night, so but weird. It was, know. like,
0: they were playing The Killers. And I just remember, like, emo kids didn't listen to The Killers because that was top 40.
1: I did, though. But I wasn't an emo like, kid. So.
0: Yeah, like, The Killers were super yeah. popular. So it was weird to go from The Killers to then a Taking Back Sunday song. Like, hmm. I know Taking Back Sunday Yeah, was I was going to say, say, were, were, were they, like, did you just, consider them emo? Taking Back Sunday? Yes. Yeah.
1: I don't know what the hell I was. I I,
0: I I think Mac Sunday had a feud with Brand New.
1: Okay. (laughs) Um, yeah, just a whole strange thing. I, my only guess there is that, because I know there were other DJs at Coachella, so I'm I'm guessing and I'm hoping that that stage was exclusively DJ sets and that if you wanted to see DJs, you would just go there. Because if they mix that guess. in with like, if you were, if you had to sit through that or stand through that while you're waiting for like somebody to see somebody, that's kind of awful. Awful. Yeah. Um, but,
0: but actual DJs, they like remix and do shit. These guys were literally just playing the songs and just walking back and forth across the stage. Why they even had microphones is right. beyond me. Uh, Cause they weren't singing. No. They couldn't sing. They were just there.
1: Yeah. It was very strange. And also it was emo night. Yeah. And it was very much dating, which yes. like, that's just a small thing.
0: But I guess that's the, I guess that's their brand. Yeah. Yeah. The emo yeah.
1: Night thing. Gosh. I don't know. Yeah, Cause I know like these venues, like I sometimes look at like venues to see like their calendars, like who's coming and stuff. I know they have like like once a month they have every every like that. bar yeah. does
0: that. Yeah. So it's like But then Coachella. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Did like, you really? see any of the Coachella ads really? that they played in between sets where it's like this dude in his bedroom with uh, all of his Coachella posters and he's like
0: Oh that I thought <laughs> I thought it was a bit. I thought it was a bit. I, I thought it was so. a sketch. I
1: don't think it was. He was reminiscing that like, I've been to the last seventeen Coachellas, and i I like to look back at my posters and see who was low on the bill and how big they've become now. And I thought it was a sketch, no.
0: but then I was like, oh my God, this then yeah, but then then I was like, oh my mm-hmm. God, this guy's serious. Cause then I think he called it <laughs> Chella and I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. That's why, like, I, that's why I'd never go to that shit.
1: I don't know. I mean, it, it, honestly, like outside of emo night, there, a lot of really good artists were there. And also yeah, there's this I'd thing about it.
0: I'd rather just go see those bands. Man. Yeah. But there's
1: something about being able to see like everybody like, <laughs> all at once. Right. Yeah. But the. This- what you got it's all, no it's also cool though heat. because i didn't realize oh this about God. coachella it's just like every like people like famous people are just there like in the crowd and you just kind of so? like wander by them and it's just like all normal like it should be cool like just like see like i don't know so? i don't know there's just Who something about shit. the whole like vibe i feel like it's something you i, I would want to go to at least, look at least at one Zendaya. time oh, that would be amazing like that'd what, what amazing. are you gonna do <laughs> i wouldn't say anything you know, but
0: yeah. So what does matter? I,
1: I don't know. I feel like it's an experience that you should probably. I would probably want to do like at least. Uh, I don't. Cella, Cella, yeah. I like to call it Co. <laughs> you going to Co this year? I I was trying to
0: scan the posters in that dude's room to see if like I I knew anybody. I saw Isley on one. Oh, and I was like, oh yeah. wow that's that's a that's deep i didn't know they played a coachella mm-hmm. but uh and then because like as he was talking about like bands rising up i was like yeah Isley never made it to a top a top billing at a coachella he was very excited <laughs> to
1: see in 2005 the black eyed peas <laughs> were one of the openers
0: <laughs> and he's like yeah and see them look where they are now it's like yeah they're i don't think they do anything anymore i think they, the like, thing about coachella
1: up. is it's like even the even the lower bill bands are still well established. Like there's nobody yeah, obscure. Yeah, yeah. Just talking like like yeah. nobody's. There's nobody obscure. It's like, like the
0: Black Eyed Peas being low billing in like 2004.
1: Like like the Regrets, <laughs> for example. Like they played early in the day and they still have like a million listeners on Spotify. Like it's it, you know it, there's nobody. Yeah. You're not like there's nobody there that's like you know the local band that nobody's right. ever heard of.
0: Like yeah, Japanese Breakfast is like the biggest yeah. thing in indie. You know, and she's off exactly. on a side stage like, yeah.
1: Had some cool graphics to like a huge giant, like a giant screen behind them while they were performing with some cool like like they played mm-hmm. the song. I was not expecting them to play one of the songs off the Sable soundtrack and they had like they had like no, uh, gameplay from the they had like footage from the game going on. In the background it was really cool. Yeah, Phoebe Bridgers played uh, her new track um, from the from Conversations with Friends, and she prefaced it by being like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do the one thing that everybody comes to concerts for, which is to hear new songs." <laughs> <laughs> which is always my thought. It's like I know you got to play them, but it's like it's always it's always awkward because then the crowd goes silent, you like lose momentum, and yeah. I don't know, yeah, you know, I know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, I saw there's like yeah, a yeah. foehnella do- happening. What does it's that like mean? A Festival. <laughs> in <Ohio or> something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh wait, wasn't wasn't Harmony Woods going to be? That's probably that, I where I saw
1: I saw the poster for it. Yeah, yeah it's probably on Instagram. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's probably got a solid line. Yeah, honestly.
1: When I, <laughs> <laughs> when I was at Focella in two thousand seven, you wouldn't believe it was. Yeah, on you bill. wouldn't
0: see it was at the bottom, and now look where CKY, they are. they got yeah. so big? <laughs> now there's two of them. That's how big they are. <laughs> Couldn't contain them.
1: They Ended up on MTV,
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit.
1: but yeah, that's all I had. Just watch the Maggie Rogers if you can, it's very good. Uh, I think we did a show, yeah, we did I think a, so. We, did we do a show? This qualifies we did a
0: show. season two, that's right. Season
1: two, start season two premiere. Oh. We didn't do a previously on segment,
0: uh, yeah, that would be well. I guess we kind of did. We're talking about this. Oh, superhero. true, there we go. <laughs> uh, yeah thank you so much for listening really do appreciate it uh we'll be back next week with uh more nonsense um i do have a couple notes here um so facebook has banned me from uh advertising on their fucking platform uh i i, I just ran one ad i just boosted uh, the podcast post once i gave them money for it and then like a month later they're now like uh hey you violated all kinds of terms so uh you can't advertise anymore <laughs> uh, so, so I don't know what the fuck. I don't know what the fuck their deal is. it's, it's just a garbage, garbage wow. website. I d I don't it's like whatever man. It's like, okay, fine. You don't want my ten dollars? Whatever. Um so yeah, fuck Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dinner Road, uh, check out the Twitch, twitch.tv slash dinner T V. Uh do YouTube search for Dinner Road T V. You can email us anything at all, like your thoughts on The Souvenir or your upcoming thoughts on the Scary of 61st video at dinnerroad.co. And if you have time, please give us a rating if the podcast app of your choice allows you to do so, like Apple Podcasts. Uh, I have to check to see if anybody's actually done that. Because <laughs> <but. laughs> I <have> not looked. <laughs> so there might be shit on there, but I have to go check. Um, yeah, that should do it for us. We'll be back next week. Uh, thank you for listening.